Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Welcome to The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Here we go again. It's podcast number 58, and we are more than thrilled that you are along for the ride. You're part of an elite group out there. Of dozens and dozens of people that listen to us every week. The vocal majority, if you will. <laughs> right. We appreciate you. But yes, help spread it. Go to thevocalminority.net. Find us on YouTube. Find us on Facebook. Find us on uh, Instagram, TikTok. And if you really need to, find us on Twitter. And you can find us in, uh, you can find us in Tahoe. I mean, if you want to come and search, I mean, you, can, you might be able to find us. I always say I'm hanging out on aisle six every day after I get off the radio or podcast because I grocery shop every day. So you can find it. Grocery outlet, bargain market, or where are we going? <laughs> I'm a classic individual. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I get it. Uh, well, good. Yeah. You know, see us on our webpage and uh, welcome to the program. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. That's all I got. Hey, gentlemen, anytime uh, people are in radio, they usually have other jobs they do, correct? Well, usually, yeah. Depends what I level mean, you're at, but eventually you retire out and sell cars or real estate, is what I've noticed. So. <laughs> Everyone I know in radio, unless you're a huge contracted talent, uh, has a side job here. You get fired from a station, you work in real estate for a while, and then you go get another job. Or you're just good uh, at living off next to nothing. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is also a huge trend uh, that I'm sort of with with the millennials. Do you realize that? Of uh, working multiple jobs? No, just like uh, jobs not being that important. Like when you and I and Brewski did jobs, like we want to, you know, even our fathers too. Like if you work at Boeing, you work for 40 years. Like you go find a good job and you stick with it. You're loyal. But the millennial age seems to be okay. Jobs are disposable. Like I'll just go find another one and I'm not going to be living to work. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how you can do that mentality, but, um, you know, I've always been more impressed with people that either have a career, you know, radio, yeah. medicine, whatever it is that they're pursuing, or if you're going to have a job, like my sisters have had jobs. I don't consider them careers, but right. they worked for the same company for 20 years or whatever it is. So sure. the whole bouncing around thing, I always feel like you're flighty, but again, I don't even know how you get away with that. Like, that's the new trend. You work at one place for a year or two and then just done and off to something totally different. Being oh, able to work remotely, dude. I mean, uh, you know, Rachel and I have thought about it a few different times. I, I don't know. Maybe I can relate to it more because Rachel and I don't have kids, but there's something romantic to thinking like, oh, I could leave all my responsibilities here and take them on the road and go live, you know, out of an RV for six months and just work remotely. And that seems to be more of a life that you're seeing millennials just pick up and take off whenever they want to. Commitment to them, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it seems like even with, like, marriage, you know, marriage rates are falling way down. They don't want to get married. Yeah, um, I guess that lifestyle can all go hand in hand then if you're not getting married and having kids or not, uh, you know, starting a family kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that uh, mindset comes from per se. I will tell you my firstborn, Neo, 17, 
uh, insists they will never have children looks at me like why would you i don't know why you had us like you know yeah and i mean that's happening more and more it used to be even when we were younger men it was like oh when i grow up and have i'm gonna have kids you know we usually uh i'm gonna have two kids i want three kids whatever you know but it was never like i i don't really wish to be a parent and you see it more and more now yeah i think it's always behind the trends i'm playing with gobots while everyone else has transformers you know what i mean uh, good analogy i was never wild about being a parent or having kids and everything like that the gen wanted to and I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd be a good dad. I'm a, I'm a better uncle. That's the way I always felt. Uh, I'm a great uncle, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm a great funkle, and there it is. By now, you're probably wondering, Nick, why are you babbling uh, and fantasizing about a life that would be carefree, working when you want, where you want, not getting married, getting married, having children, not having children? That brings me up to an article I came across that is... Uh, titled saying goodbye to boomer traditions, 10 trends millennials refuse to follow. Mm, okay. Well, I'm curious which ones of these trends I'm doing and, uh, what the pushback is. So, so this first one is a trend that I can definitely see in millennials. Uh, and uh, Bruce, you'll remember this person's name during the pandemic. There was, uh, lady who wrote a book on becoming a minimalist or had a TV oh. show. Was it the Marie Kondo lady? Yep, that's right. Thank if you, If it doesn't Brisky. spark joy or something like that. Yep, if it doesn't yeah. spark joy, you haven't used it in the last two months or whatever, get rid of it. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be they want nothing to do with, like, family heirlooms, stuff like that. Like, hey, this belonged to your grandfather. He brought it from Germany. They don't, they don't care. They're not attached to physical items. Wow. That seems like a bad attribute. Yeah, yeah. and I'm very attached to all of my knickknack collectible things, <laughs> you know. So Bruski and I are both kind of collectors to, uh, yeah, and it's a little dangerous, <laughs> you know. We've got too much stuff. But. Well, when it becomes hoarding, yes, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, honoring your past and uh, looking to you know good things. And you know, if I went around my house and threw out anything that didn't bring me joy in the last what two months, is that what you just said? The woman's yeah. Said, I mean, I, I don't know if that's what she says, but it was something like that you know, it'd be a short list i mean anything i still have i have out for reasons all of these things i look at and make me happy so yeah right even if i don't take it out and play with it i still like seeing it so millennials say you can always uh tell a millennial's uh house as you're driving through a neighborhood all the cars parked out in the driveway instead of the garage are usually boomers because their garage is full of crap and we park in the garage, dude. We <laughs> we don't have a ton of junk. On to stuff. Yeah, that's fascinating. It really is. I mean, that's the reason I quit the rock band years ago. <clears throat> I lived that life for several years of traveling around. You're always with the same group of guys, and I realized, like, I want a family. I want a home I can go to. I want a wife and kids, and that is literally the reason that I quit the rock band. So that sounds like the exact opposite mindset nowadays. Then you wanted roots. Yes. Hey, dude, uh, just as an aside, will we, will there ever be a day on this podcast where we hear the raw truth of what it was like to split up from South Normal? Friendships that it changed. I mean, will we ever hear the raw story? I'll, I'll tell you anytime. I mean, I don't know. 
today's the time or not. But yeah, I mean, it was it was not an easy decision. It, it tore at me and it haunted me for years. And so yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a good thing. But I I did yeah. it for what I felt were the right reasons. Well, and I've I mean, carried guilt forever. I feel like I derailed those guys' lives. I mean, I don't know. I'll tell the whole story sometime. All right. We'll have you pull your guitar out and kind of uh, pluck on some <laughs> acoustic stuff. Well, you storytellers. Story. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Number two on this list of the uh, top ten trends millennials refuse to follow from boomer traditions is cable TV. Is that a boomer thing or the fault of cable TV or just society where we're at? Because for the first time in my adult life, I don't have cable anymore. Yeah, and uh, how is that for you? I've not noticed a difference at all. I mean, what do I not get? Crappy local news. And even if I want that, I can go to their website. All their stories are posted there. But I don't notice any difference. Everything has gone to streaming apps. So I was just using cable to have internet so I could watch streaming apps. Any of my news channels, any of the DIY shows I watch, those are all on apps now. I I would have to imagine that I'm their target customer because I have cable, I have all those streaming apps. I mean, I have both of them, and I don't want to live without either or. I'd like to keep both of them. But uh, cutting the cord, uh, that's how millennials say, like, uh, we're just going to cut the cord. We'll find the streaming alternatives fit to our lifestyle, and then we don't have to deal with all that other crap and pay the exorbitant fees on TV. Yeah. You know, people, we work in radio and people have been saying for years, radio's dying, radio's dying, and it really isn't. Uh, but local television, oh, it's dying. It has to be. I mean, forever and ever since TV was a thing, it had the number one market share in, in America. The most m- amount of media consumed was through TV, took over radio in the 50s or whatever. Yeah. Nowadays, radio's back to number one. It's not because radio has surged, it's because it stayed right where it was, but the amount of cord cutting. Uh, people with televisions now are down to like 75% market share. It used to be 98% or whatever. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, but the industry has made that a reality. I don't understand why you would need local cable anymore. The last house I was in where I had cable, you know, local channels and all my streaming apps, I realized one day, like, I don't ever flip through the channels except for live sporting events. But now those are all on the apps, too. So what do I need it for? Yeah, if you can get something like Sling or something like that, you know, it's technically not a cable, and you can get all your local channels on there, I suppose. It's just, I like to have a platform. One simple platform I can go to and just hit buttons. You're holding on to the past. I am. For your sure. MSNBCs, your HBOs, it's all, they're all on apps somewhere. Now, there's too many apps they need to start to consolidate, but that's happening too. So. If you're paying for all these apps, isn't that getting up to almost like what you might pay for a basic cable bill? Yes. I'm mindful of it. I'm trying not to surpass that threshold. But even if it equals it, I still don't know why I need cable. You know, What are you up to in apps right now, just as an estimate? I'm probably paying 45 bucks a month. I've got three or four of them going, and they're each 10, 15 bucks a piece. So, yeah. you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. But, you know, the the cable companies have a monopoly. So you had to get, not around here, you would have to get uh, cable TV, your internet, and a phone. And who needs yeah. a phone? But they force you, you know, yeah. to make the, the deal cheaper. But yeah, I've got T Mobile home internet, a little home cell. It's great quality service. I don't, none of my things ever buffer or slow. It works just fine for me. And then I got a few key apps, and that's all I need. So do you watch on your phone? No, on my TV. All my TVs are either smart TVs or I have the Apple box built. Oh, okay, yeah. So all the apps are on there. And, and yeah, the last new TV I bought has all the apps built in. So I don't know what I need cable for. Sorry. I mean, it's it's awesome to be sitting and, you know, talking to uh, somebody and be like, hey, what do you want to watch? Really, the world is your oyster. You know, you can find anything. 
Yeah, pretty much. And what about landlines? Do either of you still have an actual landline that you use besides what the cable company forced you to pay for? I have the landline because I have to, and I have, in the eight years I've had it at this house, uh, I've gotten on the phone two or three times as a novelty. I have a landline, but that's because it was it was my parents, and my sister and I are kind of weird about giving it up. Yes, I get that for sure. You've had it for so long, and yeah, I get that. Boomers and Gen Xers are known for working hard to get ahead. This whole live-to-work mantra is not in that of the millennial. Uh, They want work-life balance wherever they go. All right? Is that so much to ask for, you bastards? I mean, it's not, but I just never knew the society allowed it. What makes you so special that, that you think you can get something that the rest of us have never gotten? I just don't understand. What jobs are you getting that's paying all your bills and you're able to just float around and quit it one day and start over and you're making enough money when you just start over? I don't. It's a different mentality uh, than we've ever had. I mean, uh, they see the corporations are only in it for themselves. Yeah, yeah okay. Have no loyalty to their employees. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of whether they're top performers or not, they have no, uh, you know, uh, yeah. loyalty. So they're saying, yeah, we're not going to give you the best years of our life with no reward. You know, I'm not going to work six days to have a Sunday off. I'm not yeah. going to do it. So I don't understand the economics of it. You know, maybe if I had no kids, I could maybe visualize that. But again, like, so you work for a company for three or four years and you quit the next company, you're going to start way back down and pay. Like, how do you maintain a lifestyle? I will say this. Dude. Tell me and, seriously. I mean, I'd uh, like to know. <laughs> I, I think that most of the thought is, is they just even if they even if they stay at a job for a long time, they want work life balance in it. And which is, you know. Depending what industry you're in, sometimes you can just kind of hang out and have a good work-life balance. There are other industries that are, uh, you know, tough. radio. You can't have a work-life balance when you're getting into radio. No. It's too competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. So they're finding jobs where it is, and I know people personally uh, that uh, deal with this on the daily basis of these millennials that are now working there. They'll email something on a Saturday and be like, hey, I need help with this. And you guys know it's all hands on deck and not get one email back over the weekend. They just don't check their email. Well, and it's because they're all doing Adderall and catching up on a Monday night or whatever at work. <laughs> yeah, could possibly be. So, yeah, no more living to work. Uh, this doesn't uh, surprise me at all, but the next thing on the list is the wedding industry. Oh, okay? yeah. This is a deal where uh, most people from the boomer generation, of course, and then uh, what are we? Are we Gen X? What are yes, we? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah. you are. So Gen X, I, I mean. Uh, That's a good question, actually. She's a millennial, dude. Is she? I think so. How old is she? 36. Millennials are born between 81 to 96, which means that they're between 27 and 42. So yeah, she's, she's a millennial. millennial. Okay. She's a millennial, yep. Does she so want I, work-life balance? I mean, she's going into the nursing field, so that doesn't sound like a... Good luck. <laughs> right. I mean, growing up uh, the son of a doctor, there's not a lot of balance usually, but there's also more options, I think, in the medicine world nowadays. You don't have to be in the ER 24-7. There's other private offices and things. Yeah. yeah. She, she can be a traveling uh, nurse where she goes from place to place if she wants to. Yeah, but she's trying to earn like a real living, so I don't get the gist that, eh, I'm just going to do this for a year or two. And then, no, know. no, no. The, the, the traveling nurses, just so you know, uh, they, they get paid crazy money. 
Oh, they do. We were actually looking at a job opening recently. I wanted to vomit. I'm like, you can make five grand a week doing that job. <laughs> like, yeah. Me? If you're a specialized uh, traveling nurse, like a cardiac nurse, holy crap. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's going into it for a real career to make real money. So I don't think it's a casual thing to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the next thing on our list is, uh, the wedding industry. Millennials are getting married when they're much older, if they're getting married at all, because mm. a lot of them are not getting married. Yeah, I know the wedding rates are going down, but, um, you know, to me, uh, weddings are kind of like college nowadays. Like, it's way too expensive for what you're getting out of that. The last two weddings that I've been to, I know the how much was spent on them. Minimal. I mean, it would ruin your mind. I mean, the largest one is over $125,000. I mean... And the other one is just near, you know, within five grand of $100,000. Can you imagine... No, I literally cannot. Even if I made that kind of money, I would not spend a six figures on a party. <laughs> well, hitting yeah. well, yeah, you look at these these destination weddings. That's yeah. the, that's the one you really got to have a set of balls to to ask you ask your friends to go and travel to Mexico or Bermuda or Jamaica to go mm. watch you get married. I'm only going if a it's one of you guys. Like I'd obviously go for a best friend if they wanted me to go. Other than that, I'm only going if it's somewhere I want to go. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we can go to Jamaica at the same time. See so and so. I know some people do destination weddings to get people not to come. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to invite a hundred people to come to me with uh, to Cabo, but they know only ten are showing up, and that's what they really want. But yeah, well, but, you know, so what's the trend that they're spending less on weddings or just uh, not hiring out and all that? Uh, they're getting married much older if getting married at all, which uh, it goes along hand in hand with uh, not having kids. You know, they're getting married a lot older. Right. Uh, but they're throwing out the traditions of the wedding that uh, the three of us grew up with. Yeah. And I thank you. I think it's great. Uh, some of these uh, traditions include getting married in a church. Uh, don't think you need to do that if it's not important to you. I actually get a lot of people in my car, tends to be young professionals here in Boston. They make a lot of money and and they're probably mid twenties. They've all gone to like colleges and that sort of thing. And I hear them sometimes complaining about the fact that they're starting this new job and it's only paying them 80 grand a year, you know, to start the first job out of college. And they're bitching about making 80 grand a year. And they're talking about all these big weddings that they're all going to, or they're planning and and that sort of thing. That's the small minority of the millennials. But unfortunately I have to hear this vomit inducing garbage (laughs) on a uh, practically nightly basis. Do you have any idea how long it took me to make $80,000? No, yeah, crazy. And I will say, when I was a little girl, I dreamed of my wedding, and I don't think I'm ever having one. So that's just one thing I'm <laughs> never having in this world. So. They uh, are also getting rid of the way that uh, you dress for a normal wedding. Like, the wedding dresses are changing. You don't even necessarily have to have a wedding dress. You know, this whole uh, thought that all the bridesmaids and all the groomsmen are going to completely match, that's gone out the door. Uh, I've heard my wife say it a ton of times. Like, if you're going to ask me to be in your wedding, bridesmaids better be able – we can all wear the same color, but we let us wear different dresses, uh, different bodies built for different things. Uh, my wife got asked to be a bridesmaid at this wedding, and it was a total slut dress, okay? Yeah! My wife <laughs> is a little well-endowed. 
So when she went to try it on, yeah. it was like she was at the AVN Awards. You know, she was at the Porno <laughs> Star Awards. She was like, I'm not wearing this. Wow, like, I can't that? do that. Short that's, that's, skirt? Is that what it was? Short or? skirt and just, I mean, low cut, low cut down in front. Her <laughs> boobs were just hanging out. So like, no, tell me, Nick, though, did you not love it, though? I did never see it. I did oh, never see it. She really? went to try it on with the... Uh, with the bridesmaids, I just heard about it. She looked gorgeous in what she picked too, but she was uncomfortable in it. You uh, so, take a picture so you could have seen it. <laughs> I don't think she felt real comfortable in it, just around, you know, at a wedding. So yeah, she didn't. I would have liked to have seen it though. You're right, Brisky. I was just reading some article that outlined uh, dress codes for weddings. If it says it's formal or casual or yep. wedding, and it had all the stuff, where I'm just like. Don't tell me how to freaking dress. If I'm nice enough to show up to your damn wedding, like, I'll look fine, okay? Like, I'm not following these little parameter rules you have. The last wedding I went to was, uh, this was how it said on the invitation, uh, farmhouse formal is what the <laughs> dress requirement was. <laughs> what the was. hell is that? Never heard of it in my life. I had to call. I was Cowboy like, Boots? Mom, what's farmhouse formal? And she was like, I have no idea. So she called and found out. And it, I figured too, Bruce. It would have been cowboy, you know, put on a pair of boots or whatever. Really but, good, but, but really nice right. boots, though. The country yeah, music like, awards where they wear the tuxedo up top at blue jeans <laughs> down below, right? Yeah, with that. What about a, a Canadian tuxedo? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but it, it was uh, to you were supposed to wear a suit to this wedding. Uh, that's what uh, farmhouse formal means. How does that mean that? Uh, I have no idea, dude. That just uh, sounds I like wear formal. A suit. Yeah, I didn't wear a suit. And a lot of the people, I remember telling you guys that I didn't want to put pants on because I'm just wearing shorts now. Yeah. Uh, when I got to that wedding, I saw a few people walk in with shorts and I was like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. I've got pants on. I should have brought a pair of, you know, put them in Rachel's purse. That's funny. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm weird with dress codes in general. So, and I know some women correctly frown on me for it, but sorry. I am sorry. That's just Steven. All right, take it or leave it. Uh, they're also uh, throwing away this idea that we need to have a lavish reception. I would say as somebody who has been married, uh, and I think that qualifies me just to make the comment of, you know what, I didn't have a lavish reception. Would I have liked to? It would have been fun to have a big party for sure, but I, it wouldn't have been lavish. I mean, open bar for just beer and wine probably. And uh, you do something nice and little. Uh, my reception was, you know, 12, 15 people. We went out to eat afterwards. It was fun. It wasn't a party. But they're getting rid of the whole reception. Uh, again, it, to me, it just comes down to money. It just uh, makes me vomit to think about spending that much money on a party for one night. And Yeah. So, well, yeah, that's uh, not necessarily a trend I would uh, disagree with. You know, Nick, you, you did just say the two most beautiful words that are spoken at any wedding. What are they, Brisky? Open bar. Oh, yes, the OB. Yeah. At my cousin's wedding, they had an open bar. One of his groomsmen, one of his frat brothers from UMass, he actually got shut off at the bar, and then he went to another bar, and we're, doing, we're in a, a really nice hotel by Dartmouth College, Ivy League school and everything, right? Oh, this please. is a nice, nice place. So he goes to this other bar, and the other bar said no to him, too. 
and he threw punches at the bartender. Wow. And when the cops showed up, he threw punches at the cops. Just and to so prove his, the point that he should be cut off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his, so his, his, his one of my cousin's groomsmen getting yanked out, getting dragged out, literally dragged out in his tuxedo in cuffs. Nice. What about, are you an idiot at a wedding? I'll drink a lot, but I'll, you know, I'm there with my parents and, and this is one of my cousins. I'm not about to, you know, act lose a fool. My, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I can think of like three weddings I've been doing in my adult life. So I have no track record to say. I don't recall getting uh, blitzed in any of them, though. Yeah. All right. Well, you might not have the chance to. There's no more festivities. There's too many rules, too many things to buy. Just simplify these weddings, please. Yeah, if you want to wear a tuxedo, make it a t-shirt tuxedo, dude. People are going to not care. No, I look damn good in my tuxedo, I got to tell you. I look really good. Oh, I bet wear you Wear a tuxedo do. shirt. No one will bring it up for the next 20 years. When I wore the tuxedo t-shirt uh, to your wedding, when did the discussion of me wearing it begin? Uh, walking down the aisle. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, please. Is he seriously yeah. wearing a tuxedo t-shirt? <laughs> He's going to change, right? He's not. <laughs> oh, but, but I mean, the, the, you, she knew it was Nick, though. I mean, it's, of course, he's got to do that. I want to look nice, dude. Come on. Well, yeah. And that was not supposed to be our wedding. That was just supposed to be a, a formality. So, you know, because we found out we were eight months pregnant while we were engaged. So we just yeah. let's just get this legal and done. And we'll do a real wedding some other day. So. Yeah, but, you know, it was sort of a Nick's wearing a tuxedo. Well, it's not a real wedding, so okay. <laughs> but then eventually we realized that was our real wedding. And um, <laughs> you know, so. do we have any pictures of that from that? No, we don't. I think I, I, think I have some actually. I gotta well, okay. go look. At this is a long-running sore subject that I no longer care about because you know, we're divorced. But uh, yeah, Jen took pictures and never gave them to us. Really? And silence really? is appropriate. <laughs> I thought you guys I took a... pictures and no one ever gave them to us. Well, I oh, have I one didn't... picture that was taken on a disposable camera that's like the only oh, picture okay. we have from that thing. Yeah, so I, I didn't have a camera phone at the time. So no, Jim I... brought like an actual camera and took a bunch of pictures and then. Did she really? Wow. Never saw them. News to me. <laughs> you better get a hold of her, dude, immediately, if not sooner. Yeah. I want to see myself in a t-shirt tuxedo. I, still I think it's to. why we got divorced, so thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Uh, this next one on this list of 10 traditions uh, millennials are refusing to follow from the boomer era is, I mean, it kind of relates to getting rid of cable as a whole, but cable news, they don't trust cable news. When I watch cable news, I can't help but notice every ad is geared towards people 90 or plus, you know, I mean, it's, I feel so young watching it. And that's COPD is, commercials and diaper yeah, commercials. And that, that's, and that. that's reality, you know, showing up in the advertising. They know their average viewer is, my point is, is under the age six or is usually 60 plus. Um, so I'm always a little shocked and disappointed by that, that more young people who seem so politically active and motivated and outraged by things don't seem to be watching the news. Well, they're not watching the news. They're finding their news. The trend is showing that uh, for a couple of different reasons, uh, first of all, a rise in independent media. So mm-hmm. they're enjoying going and finding their own media that they trust online, that they see as fact-checked or not. Whatever, whatever your pleasure. See, that's part of the problem, though. They're in their little information bubble. So if you're in a good little bubble, I guess that might work out. But when you're in the disinformation, you know, Fox News conservative bubble, you're just getting more garbage shared your way. That's yeah. I always say, dude, if you're going to watch the news, I really do think uh, if you're going to watch the news and have opinions on news, 
I feel like you got to scan the dial. You know, you, you got to find a little bit of everything. Just to I think, know. No, I think it's okay to skip Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, because that's just all garbage. That's all propaganda. 100% agree. Uh, but as admitted in this show before, only for the purpose of keeping an eye on my enemy, I'll tune to Fox every once in a while. Yeah, which makes sense. But from your regular news sources, are you just MSNBC or do you dabble in CNN or the BBC or oh, ABC, I'm, I'm, CBS, PBS? All of the above, dude. Right. And that's yeah. why. Because Ruski's right. Like, it's fun to see what the idiots are saying on Fox News and Newsmax, but there's nothing credible there. So I wouldn't make that part of your repertoire. But and I don't watch a ton of cable news anymore. I listen to it a lot on, like, you know, on TuneIn or whatever. But on my apps, I have CNN, USA Today, NBC, NPR, Huffington Post, Reuters and BBC. All so I feel like oh, I diversify. Well, you know, Reuters is, is pretty conservative. Well, Reuters is more of a straight newswire service, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read a lot of the opinion pieces on there. No, the, 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 they actually are known for, for having a conservative bent to, to their news, actually. Stephen. I was not aware of that, nor do I pick <laughs> up on that from the news I'm reading on there. And, and, and CNN now. With you know, with Chris Licht and John Mahoney owning CNN, you know that that's just Fox Light now. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're seeing a big change, aren't you? I mean, the the whole cable news industry has gotten uh, sort of narrow within their channels. So maybe is that part of why it's being rejected? Just it's the man talking to me. I'll find my own news. They're saying they're trusting uh, these independent media sources for their news and information more and more as they feel they get a complete picture of the story, not a one-sided angle. They feel it's more just news like we've been calling for for a long time. Uh, you know, bring back uh, the likes of Dan Rather, uh, Keith Oberman. I, I think Keith Oberman is wonderful. Okay. Walter Cronkite. I mean, uh, let's bring the news back to America, and that's what they feel like they're getting with these you can see the whole story it doesn't have to be done in three minutes as you know when you're watching the news sometimes uh, it's just a quick story so yeah they like to get into it a little more it's interesting i'm just looking at my reuters app because now you've got my brain thinking like first story russian uh, mutiny story second one's about wall street investors uh, eyeing russia fed hikes uh, investors watch for quarter end rebalancing in U.S. stocks. NVIDIA brings AI computing platform. Like, I, I don't, none of this is like Hunter Biden. and It's not like in your face like Fox News is or anything like that. But the way they cover their stories, some people might say center, but they are definitely a little bit more right. Hmm. They, just, they just always have been. All right. I'll be mindful of it now. I'll see if I get that impression. So, You don't want to tell Brisky that he's lying? You, do you I, feel I like he's lying? I don't feel like you're lying. Um, I Brisky. just, I also don't have a strong enough uh, gist to put myself out here and say you're totally wrong. So I'm going to take what you're saying and factor it in. I wouldn't just throw it out there, just to throw it out there. I'm yeah. not going to pull a Fox News on you or anything like that. And I as a matter of fact, whenever I, I tell somebody something, I always tell them, don't believe me. Go and look it up for yourself. He's informed. He's fair. It's not like uh, it's not like Brewski's a carny. Right. Yeah. What else do we got for millennials? Saying goodbye to boomer traditions. Ten trends millennials refuse to follow. This next one on the list is um, interesting, to say the least. I don't know, and you all let me know if you find this to be true or not. But pet food brands have become a big thing with millennials. When I was a kid, uh, you know, we went and picked up a fifty-gallon. Uh, uh, bag of you know 
hard Alpo. nuggets for our dog or Alpo. Yeah, right. Gravy train and, you know, yeah. pour it in a bowl. Uh, millennials love their pets, maybe because they're not having children, and it shows a huge sales decline for major pet food brands. They don't trust them. I don't trust them either. I mean, I don't know if that's a millennial trend or just a modern thing because yeah. I, I got educated a few years back that, you know, those big brand names, it's just kind of garbage dog food or cat food or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I use things like myself that are a little more free range, organic, natural kind of materials, not, not straight hippie cat food, dog food, but I, I try to get away from the, uh, yeah, the Purinas and store bought. Yeah. All right. Next one on our list is, uh, the diamond industry is taking a huge hit. Diamonds are becoming less and less important to millennials. Many might think that the industry is in decline because younger generations are putting off marriage, but it isn't that as the main reason. It's the, uh, millennials have issues with the sourcing of diamonds. It bothers them about where they come from and what people got to do to get them and what it does to the environment. Uh, and the treatment of the workers. So they're saying, yeah, well, we're not going to buy diamonds, dude. No. Interesting. I think the uh, old cliche, like huge diamond, has just become kind of tacky, like wearing a fur coat or something. <laughs> I think, but it still happens. I mean, well, I mean, with celebrities, you know, and stuff, uh, you're yeah, seeing yeah, the richy riches continue have, to buy rocks. Well, I, I have seen some younger people who actually, uh, if they wear something like a, like a fur coat, it's not brand new. It's like a, a vintage. They bought it, you know, at a, at a vintage shop. So it's something from like the 30s or the 40s. So you didn't add to, you didn't kill some more animals. Mm. And and it's also it said they want to wear vintage clothing, and that's a style. And but isn't that yeah. just uh, two people are profiting off the murder and death of a animal? Needlessly, but that was like a long time ago, though. You know what I mean? If it's from like 30, 40 years ago, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to constantly explain that to people as they're giving you the stink eye walking down the yeah. street. If you want to buy a, a, a diamond to ask someone to marry you, you know, why not go to, to a, a jeweler that sells estate jewelry and get something like that? Then you're not. You're not perpetuating uh, the problem. Yeah. It's exactly. been made. Uh, to me, it's just gross to spend an absurd amount of money on a huge diamond. And, you know, I've only bought one diamond in my life. Uh, my, my last engagement, we were actually wearing those, uh, silicone rings, which I thought was fine to me. And like when I was shopping for diamonds, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it was now, I was so disgusted, A, how much they cost, but B, like the snobbery of, you know, the imperfections inside that you can only see under a freaking microscope. And so, you know, I bought Jamie a nice, modest little rock that probably had some imperfections that you would never know. And certainly you could get a cubic zirconia and no one would ever have a freaking difference. Like uh -huh. for someone to look at it under a microscope and then come bust your balls about it. I just, I find to be a little disgusting. And I know nowadays there's this whole lab grown diamond thing. Fine. Who gives a crap where the diamond was grown at? If you want a diamond, it's a diamond. Stop looking at it under a scope. You said it, dude. Not said. <laughs> I mean, you can keep talking, but I mean, you've really said it. They say diamonds are a girl's best friend. You yeah. know what a guy's best friend is? <laughs> what? Hubert Zirconia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an appearance thing, really. So this whole I want a flawless, you know, perfect diamond that no one will ever know if it's real, let alone flawless. It's just vanity. So here's the thing, dude. Diamond or a girl's best friend. Uh, I, I mean, what we're doing here, you're supposed to be my best friend. Like, I thought we were best friends. <laughs> like, I don't want to give you anything that will upstage me as your best friend. I won't do it. All fair. 
All right. Well, millennials are dropping the diamond, and it's uh, never coming back. You know what else they're not doing? That, By the way, uh, I'll get a blood diamond if it's a good deal. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a bastard, dude. Hey, I'm uh, with him. I'm you with are? Yeah. Who's going to know? <laughs> it just, you do, dude. Rock. You know Who it's a cares? blood diamond. Who cares? Yes. Uh, it's already been mined. It's sitting at the store at the mall now. Like, come on. Right. But if you stop buying them, they'll stop mining for them. Oh, but, no, but if one person stops, I mean, it would take a lot of people to sure. stop doing it. Here's the thing. Bruce, you can't <laughs> say it's not going to change if one person does it. I hate that. Why would you say that? If mm. you change, we have to see people doing the wave. It's a funny thing. You know, like, you don't want to ever announce that. It's like not voting. Like, if you don't vote, if you don't vote, it doesn't make a difference. You, one person. It doesn't. But when you announce that on the podcast, you don't want to send the message out that one person can't make a difference because it does in some weird little scenarios. And if you start telling everyone that one vote doesn't make a difference, then a bunch of people aren't going to vote, and that will make a difference. So it's one of those. The correct answer is, of course, every vote counts. In reality, if one person doesn't vote. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a, a great man here by the name of Rocky Balboa who said, <laughs> if eyes can change. Then yous can change. We go can change. Right. Yeah. After his big right. fight with Drago, remember? Yeah. So vote and don't buy blood diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one on the list, ironing clothes, is a thing of the past. <laughs> okay. And I, I don't think you have an ironing board, do you? God, no. I've never ironed anything once, ever. Yeah, Would really? you know how to iron something? No. Wow. No. God, no. Uh. Huh. Wait, how I don't do you even know how to open ironing boards. I've tried one of those things before. I'm like, I don't know how to open this stupid thing. <laughs> complex latch system. <laughs> what do you do if you have to, you know, be in a wrinkle-free situation? Put it in the dryer for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, you guys own ironing boards? You guys iron? Yes, I, mean, I do. I don't iron every week or anything. No. But if I have to go somewhere, it? I got a board and an iron, yeah. Is it all wrinkly? I take stuff out of the dryer, I hang it up or put it in a drawer. It's not all wrinkly. It, it's yeah, it depends. Well, and I don't uh, hang my clothes right up. I got a you know laundry basket that sometimes they sit in for you know four or five well, weeks. <laughs> that's on you then. I dry stuff and I put it away. All right. Well, you're awesome. Well, I can say whenever I've worn like a, I wear a dress shirt, I, you know, I'll iron that because it's white and it shows all the wrinkles. And as a matter of fact, I actually have this bowling shirt that I wear sometimes. And I wore it to that uh, show at the casino my sister and I went to the other day. And it had some wrinkles in it. I'm like, what the hell? I look like garbage. And now, mind you, keep in mind, keep in mind, though, I'm not a, an ironing Nazi. I had a roommate that used to give me crap about not ironing my pants when I went to work. But I purposely bought those pants that never needed ironing. Sure. You know, and my, and this uh, this roommate of mine would be like, got to iron, got to put a nice crease in. I'm like, no, I, I don't have to do that. But for a dress shirt, when I'm going to work, I would definitely do that. Dude, my would, sister's husband irons her his shorts. I mean, he irons everything that's taken out of the dryer, irons everything. The beat yes, me with an iron before I ever do any of that. My grandmother used to iron her bed sheets before she put them on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I really but, have not had a need. I can recall once or twice traveling to like a funeral or something, and I get someone there like, can you iron this real quick? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is the reason uh, ironing is going out the door. Millennials don't want to do it. Part of it is uh, 
a lot of companies have switched over to a more casual type uh, attire uh, so things don't get as wrinkly. It's it's dress shirts. It's stuff like that that really seems to get wrinkled, you know. I guess, but I have button-up shirts. None of them are wrinkled. I take them out of the dryer and hang them up. Like, mm. Yeah, but they're not just like white shirts that you wear with a tie, like a dress shirt. You, you're wearing a shirt that you can also wear with jeans. It's not the same yes. material. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'll just um, kill myself. I don't need to iron anything. So. Well, you yeah. should be good because, I mean, people are getting away from that. They're changing a the tire. Uh, also, this uh, technology on clothing and fabrics and material, uh, what do they call the uh, article free material? kind of stuff? Have What's we not material stuff called? that doesn't wrinkle yet? Rayon? No, just material in general. What's another name for material? Fabric? Fabric? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep going. What is it? Go on. Uh, uh, material, fabric, uh, cloth. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, it's something that, uh, stuff. Uh, <laughs> textiles. That's what. That's, oh, that's what we would have been here all day. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so more and more textiles and fabrics are made to resist wrinkles, making ironing become unnecessary. So that's a good thing. Thank you for that, millennials. Thank you. We can put man on, on the moon and crush other men under the ocean, but we can't make a wrinkle-free shirt yet. Uh, the next thing on the list are, uh, I don't know how the, you guys will take this one or if you care, but uh, wines with corks are becoming a thing of the past in the millennial world. Mm. They don't care. They want to uh, make life easier. They don't want to get out the, uh, you know, screw to take out the cork. They just want to either pop it off, pop the top, or have a nice box of Lafranza or, you know, well, just enjoy the wine. Some easier. cardboard yeah. yeah, I mean, I know that used to be a huge snobbery thing, but then boxed wine became so popular. I've seen multiple good quality wines that screw off the top. I don't understand why you can't just have a screw off top. Uh, I had to open a bottle of wine with no bottle or with no cork opener recently. I used my Swiss Army knife thing. I had blisters trying to pull that freaking thing out. You need the actual, you know, good opener. You don't, dude. I got a secret for you, right? Oh. You can try this next time. If you get in the situation again, here, listen. If you take a bottle of wine, okay, yes. and then you will take that bottle of wine and you will set it in your shoe, okay, <laughs> listen to me. I'm listening. <laughs> and you take that wine bottle like this and you hit the shoe on a wall, a solid, okay. you know, outside yeah. wall. That Can't do it on a tabletop? It has to be wall? Sideways? Yeah, it's got to be, yeah, be? be sideways. Okay. And with every hit, that cork will pop, pop, pop. Really? Yeah, that's the truth. Tried it. Interesting. Done Doesn't it. it uh, so what are you saying? Get it halfway and then use the Swiss Army knife? You Once it, you get it out a little bit and you can pull it out with your hand, you know? Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I know there's some snobbery reasoning that corks are good, but I don't get it. And I, I was just having this conversation with Dottie the other day. It keeps the, where it keeps she the gave wine me fresh. Some, well, she gave me some wine. I was like, this is really good. And she's like, it's Trader Joe's, like five bucks a bottle or something. Five and blind time. surveys have shown a million times over that people rate cheap wines as nice as the good ones when they don't know what it is. Well, the wine that the Trader Joe's sells for that cheap price they only sell it that cheap for spite because he didn't want to be paying his, his ex-wife a lot of money in alimony. And it was based on his income. 
Well, hallelujah. Appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody loves some hey, five buck Chuck. But I, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff with spite. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know. You're a very spiteful person, Bruce. I can be. Sometimes it feels good. Yeah. We need a more spite-driven economy, I think. That would actually help us all out. Okay, well, uh, next thing on our list of uh, 10 trends millennials refuse to follow uh, are doorbells. Mm. Well, and I, when I first saw the headline of it, I was like, yeah, we all have ring cameras now for the most part, I suppose. Uh, do you guys have ring doorbells? Nope. I don't. I've been tempted to get one. Um, but yeah, I don't even know if this house has a doorbell, let alone if it works. You know, delivering pizzas for years, I realized half the doorbells don't even work, so I didn't use them. I just knocked. Yeah. Well, they're getting rid of using whether it's a ring doorbell, whether it's any type of doorbell. Millennials, when they arrive at a house, they take out their cell phone and text, I'm here. Right. They don't want to, they don't want to, they want the owner to come down on their own time and open the door. Well, doorbells imply you're showing up somewhat surprised or unannounced. I need to let you know I'm here. I think you're crazy if you're showing up to people's houses nowadays, just unannounced. So, yeah, I would call someone or text them. Yeah, five minutes away and then, you know. Go oh, on. they're not even doing that, though. They just, once they're in the driveway, they just say, I'm here. Just you walk know. to me. Well, what if you're going in, though? You just Well, knock. they're going to come down to the door and then you go in. You do, they don't want to knock. They don't want to ring. Once you open the door, they'll come in. Interesting. I do like the concept of ring doorbells, and we've seen all sorts of good videos, uh, you know, from burglary to humorous things happening. So, I, oh yeah, you know, I'm for that. But I'm renting this house. I'm not putting a ring on it. So, yeah. Well, you can take it with you. It's portable. There's no wiring. Mm. Put a ring on it. Yeah. I love it. I love my ring. And that uh, brings us to the end of our uh, ten trends millennials are refusing to follow. So far, so good. Uh, I agree with most of them. I was going to say, I, I think I'm down with most of them. Uh, I think there's an inherent air to that article of, like, you know, stupid millennials are doing dumb things. Or, right. right. No, most of those seem practical or based on just times evolving. Like, you don't need a landline or whatever. So Yeah, these uh-huh. are things that uh, we've been maybe doing wrong for a long time, and they're just saying, we don't, we don't have to conform with that. All right, Nick, you're brilliant. I'm wrong. All right, someone mark it down. I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you agree with me, don't you, Steve? I mean, I thought we agreed. Oh, I should have known that audio would be pulled and used against me for all time to come. <laughs> oh boy! Anything you say shall be used against you. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! All right, well, uh, gentlemen, we're kind of at our hour mark. Yeah. I mean, we can fudge this a little if we want to bang through any other topics, or we can just call it good and save it yeah. for another time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's save what Brewski was going to do because I think it's interesting, and uh, we'll do it when we have more time. All right. Yeah, we will tease it for a future episode. Big market tease right there. Yes. We'll talk about shifting majors at colleges and uh, quitting rock bands on some future episode. <laughs> oh, that yeah. sounds good, dude. And let yeah. us know if you're uh, having sex by standing on a phone booth. Let us know if we're saving your a tabs, dude, after today's show. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, standing on top of a phone booth. But... Yeah. A phone book, Steve. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you can find a phone book or a phone booth, nowadays, <laughs> I would also say you're not a millennial. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. Don't forget to check out our webpage, thevocalminority.net. Find it. It's The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. Good day, gentlemen. Test one, two, test one, two. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Take one. Out of sight.